If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Well, better now. We-, <laughs> we were we were wishing we had had our recording going a few minutes ago and could, mm-hmm. you know, maybe do a bloopers reel or something because we had some <laughs> funny stuff happen right before we came on the air. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I had a, a lot of trouble. Well, first of all, my lighting was all wrong. I, as you can see, my office is rearranged. I have a different background this week. I don't know if I'm going back to the other arrangement in this office. I just don't know. But for now, it's like this. And so now the lighting's all screwed up. And I was fixing that and just thought that I would just wipe down the screen of my camera because it's been a little fuzzy the last couple of times I've used it. Well, that completely ruined it. <laughs> for some reason, every time I would try and come on camera, my head was clear down at you know like mic level. Oh, yeah. It was like she sat on the floor and all you could see was the top of her head. (laughs) And I could not fix it. I walked back to it and adjusted it like eight times. (laughs) I finally had to make my husband come in here and fix it for me. And he fixed it in like three seconds. I don't know what the hell I was doing. But anyway. (laughs) I don't know. But it was worth. I'm sorry we were late. And I wish we had video of it. Because it would have been worth showing to you guys. Because it was hilarious. I was dying. (laughs) <laughs> Every time I'd come back, I'd have it adjusted. It was right. I'd come back and sit down and God damn it. I'm still on the floor. Yep. <laughs> it was so yeah. great. Yeah. Anyway, we're really excited to be here. This is our yeah. regular Wednesday update show. And we have all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff to share with you tonight, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. We've been thinking yeah. about DNA a lot. Yes. Yeah. This is an all about DNA for the win kind of a, a night. Um, you, however, have a little show and tell for us. Would you like to show us what you have? I do. I promised Wednesdays would be show and tell since I'm always making or doing something. So I made these little Christmas trees. They're resin and they have like gold glitter in the top of them. Mm -hmm. A green one and a blue one. They're, they're little, but they're so cute. My son sets up our holiday village every year. That's kind of his, he and my thing. Yeah, And so I made him Christmas trees to go in. I'll make a few more. But anyway, and this is them lit up. They're so cute. Aren't they cute? I'm so excited about them. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's part of my show and tell. I know. Getting all crafty. Little hobby homemaker over here. Holly homemaker. What do you say? I I made sugar-free fudge today. Does that count? Yes. (laughs) My God. Yes, I was thinking about sugar-free fudge today, if that counts. Ah. <laughs> the other thing I made is I made these cute little houses. Oh, are they on those lights? Hmm? Are they on lights? Yeah, they're on a string of lights. So I'll turn the lights on. They are, yeah, they're for my Christmas tree. Well, I made a set for me and a set for my daughter for her tree. But, yeah, so they're on a string cute. of lights. Oh, my goodness. 
bit better. Yeah. Aren't those so adorable? Clever. Yeah. So I cut them out of uh, my, uh, you know, I have a laser cutter. So I cut them out of paper on the laser cutter and then I them and put the, uh, the glitter and stuff on them and made them cute. cute. So, yeah. That's what I've been working on the last few days. Very cute. Well, thank you for that update. Yeah. I'm doing so much fun stuff. And we need to say welcome to Innocuous Adams and JR and Bianca and RJ. I mean, if JR and RJ aren't here, I'm very concerned. Patsy right? Murphy, Tamara, Maureen. Uh, welcome, guys. It's really nice yeah. to see you all. Really nice. Yes. And hopefully you guys are having a good day and a good night. Yes, Bianca and has a little update for us. Did you see that? I did. She said a while ago we read for her for a health condition and told her she needed to check her liver gallbladder. She got a scan and they found out her gallbladder needs to potentially go. Oh, ah. Bianca, let me tell you from two people that have had their gallbladders out. Yes. If it needs to go, let that sucker go. You'll yes. feel so oh my gosh. much better. So you will better. wake up from surgery feeling better. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It really is. When I, I was told I was supposed to have mine out in September, but that was bad timing for me because my son at the time played uh, high school football. Now he plays college football. So it's still a bad time for me, but I just could not see myself missing games and yada, yada. And then uh, at the time we still owned our metaphysical store and at Christmas time, we did a huge Christmas charity event that serviced like 100 to 120 people, like full Christmases. Yeah. And so I was just, you know, from football, then going right into that, I was just really busy. So I didn't do it. And I saw my doctor the first part of December. And again, I was still trying to put it off until January because I didn't think I had time to do it. And she was like, you know what's worse? Than having to take out the time to have surgery, having sepsis, get your gallbladder out. <laughs> so I had my gallbladder out and I was so freaking glad I did. So mm -hmm. Bianca, I would, I would follow that train. I really yeah. would. I would track that and see, you know, if they have an inkling that it needs to go, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do it. It's it's worth it if they say that's what you need. Well, well, good. I'm glad you're getting an answer. We had a hospice patient one time. Yeah. We used to do like in-home hospice Reiki sessions. Well, we still would probably. Well, not right now. It's too yeah. covid out. But right. anyway, we had a particular hospice patient who all she needed was to have her gallbladder out. And she refused to do it. Yeah. You know, not that you're in that kind of a place. I get that totally. Her Her situation was different. But she was so afraid of surgery, she would rather die. And she did. She did. Yeah. yeah. Septic. It was awful. Mm -hmm. It was really awful. But, you know, not that I shouldn't have told you that story because you're not in that kind of uh, position at all. But I'm telling you, track that. Mm -hmm. Worth doing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get into our updates. So this is our update yeah. show. We always give updates on our own cases that we're covering Plus just other things that are out there in the world that are updates on uh, different kinds of true crime. And there's so many interesting things happening right now. But the first thing I wanted to tell you is that there is a court date coming up for Chad Daybell. So you, if you've watched our other shows, you know we've covered very closely the Daybell-Vallow case. It was the 
missing children, Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow, who, whose bodies were found back in June in Chad Daybell's backyard, basically. Uh, and he and their mother are both in jail awaiting trial on um, concealing their bodies. So Chad has court coming up on January 6th. Um, this is a motion for change of venue. They want to move his trial out of Fremont County. And he and Lori's trials have now been joined. So I assume that this will be, you know, obviously a, a motion to move the entire trial for both of them. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also um, something else they have to rule on. Uh, Mr. Pryor, his attorney, uh, has asked for a, a total dismissal of the case against Chad Dable. I can't even hardly say that with a straight face because it's so ridiculous. But um, so they're going to rule on both of those things on January 6th. So we will definitely be watching that hearing and doing a live stream that day to give you the update about what happens and what mm -hmm. they decide on the change of venue that, um, you know, we're pretty sure that this trial is going to be moved out of our area mm -hmm. um, because we live in a very small, live in a sm small place. I mean, everybody yeah. knows about this case. Everybody has seen all of the media yeah. coverage, uh, you know, so everybody definitely. drives past Chad's house, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it's, an, it, it's, it's inescapable. Well, and they had back in what, September or maybe even the end of August, there was a woman wandering around St. Anthony where, you know, Chad is incarcerated asking mm -hmm. people if they had heard about the case, what they knew about it, if they thought they, uh, you know, he could have a fair trial. Like they've been, do they'd been doing some research for a while, which I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And frankly, they should move it out of our area as much as I'm going to hate that they should, because we want to be sure they have fair trials. We don't right. ever want to see this come back, you know, that they get away with this shit because they didn't get fair trials. No. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they've got to get all of their due process and everything they have the right to know. Um, yeah. Does he know the bodies were found in his client's backyard? Yes. It does seem kind of like he doesn't, doesn't it, JR? I mean, there's, how question. there can be grounds to dismiss this. I, there aren't any, but you know, this is the kinds of things that defense attorneys do. And so I just think, you know, we have to, just sit back and watch and, and hopefully there'll be some good stuff to laugh at because generally when um, either Chad or Lori and their attorneys are in court, there are some, there are some pretty good laughing moments. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, so there are. We will keep an eye on that and we will cover that that day and let you know what happened. Yeah. We're excited. It'll be the, the gift after Christmas really to, yeah. uh, to get to see what's going on with that and mm -hmm. you know hoping that chad uh enjoyed his hot pocket uh thanksgiving dinner yeah yeah that's that's yeah. what they serve in the Fremont I kind of hope it was still frozen in the middle but that's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> uh we do have a question is there any update or movement on the ashley kerniak case i have not seen anything. I, seen anything I did do a little search just to make sure that i hadn't missed anything i have not seen anything so we will continue mm -hmm to watch on that, you know, mm -hmm. we definitely like to, you know, be um, up on the cases that yeah. we cover and, and what's happening with them. Yes. And we do have alerts set on that case so that if anything comes up, we'll, we'll hear about it, but nothing. yeah, but we haven't seen anything. Mm -hmm. So darn it. But yeah. if, if we find out, don't worry, we will tell you. Absolutely. For a half a second, I was, when I saw your question, I was thinking about the attorney case. 
Oh, the Alyssa attorney case. Yeah, the similar attorney names. Case, right? I, uh, yeah, kind of. But yeah, if you guys, if you're interested in the attorney case, uh, her sister, Sarah Turney, is on TikTok and, and yes. Instagram. But mm -hmm. she is so amazing what she's doing. She's just furthering not just her sister's case, but now she's, you know, podcasting and taking on other cases too to help put out a big signal boost on them. And it's she's really worth if you are on TikTok, go find Sarah Turney and yeah. follow her. You will be she's glad awesome. you did. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. She she has pressured the uh prosecutor in her town until for you know a decade until mm -hmm. they finally actually did um arrest her and charge her her father. But that's mm -hmm. as far as I've seen any updates on that either. So someone made a snarky comment on one of her videos that it seems like all you really do is put a bunch of pressure on the police to open old cases or something. <laughs> She's like, oh. that's exactly what I do. And that's and why I do that? it. Like, what the hell are you talking about? We don't want, we don't want people to be forgotten. You know, we yeah. need answers in these cases. That's why we cover them too. We want answers. We want to, you know, keep people aware. Uh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you can really tell we're sisters because sometimes we inadvertently say exactly the same thing and exactly the same. <laughs> People ask us sometimes if we are really sisters, we are actually really sisters. And you can mm -hmm. tell because every once in a while we'll respond mm -hmm. verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. Less Pretty than fun. two years apart. We were yes. little twins when we were little. We yep. were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have some updates more about we've, we've been doing a lot of talking lately about DNA and about how all kinds of crazy DNA stuff has been happening, like familial DNA and, you know, people doing their ancestry and learning all kinds of wild stuff. And we have some more stories for you about that tonight. Boy, don't we, though? We're calling Good this God. DNA for the win, um, but I don't know if this is a win for some people. This is... A huge flipping upside yeah. down of people's identities, which I think is crazy. Mm -hmm. So coming up, and if you haven't watched it yet, um, coming out soon, or maybe just barely came out, I can't remember, is a documentary called Baby God. And Baby God is covering Quincy Fortier, who was a physician in Nevada um, in the 60s. He's dead now. Um he died in, in 2006, but it is the story of him. He was, he opened the first uh, women's hospital in Las Vegas mm -hmm. and he um, was listed as a fertility specialist mm -hmm. uh, in the phone book. And so women were going to him who couldn't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the story of Kathy Holm. She at 22 years old. She had been trying to get pregnant, she and her husband, and they weren't having any luck. So they went to Dr. Fortier and he supposedly inseminated her with a sample of her husband's sperm and she got pregnant and she had her daughter, Wendy. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward to 2018, Wendy, who turned out to be a police officer in Oregon, uh, did a one of those genealogy DNA tests. But when it came back, she got some really weird results. She had all of these really close matches, like first cousin or half sibling kinds of matches 
with all these people that she had never met. All kinds of people, tons of them. And it was really um, shocking and upsetting. And she kept hearing, she kept, this name kept coming up that she was related to someone by the last name of Fortier. And, mm-hmm. and that other people were, you know, other members of that family um, were, you know, within that family were her relatives. And she just, mm-hmm. you know, what the hell is going on? Well, turns out Dr. Fortier was inseminating women with his own sperm instead of their husband's or donor sperm. Unbeknownst yeah. to those women. They have now found 26 children. Uh, over a 40-year period of, of practicing as a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so now here are all these people who, you know, many of them just like Wendy, I mean, she thought her dad was, you know, her dad. Yeah. Which in many ways, you know, he is, but uh, biologically not her dad. And she has all no. of these biological half-siblings all over. And it was such a huge betrayal and a huge had a huge impact on her sense of identity and all of these other people going through the same thing. Like mm-hmm. how do you, how do you get right with this in your head? And especially cause Dr. Fortier is dead. So there's nothing, yeah. they can't talk to him. They can't understand why he did what he did. You know, this is considered to be a kind of sexual violence. Yeah. And it most definitely is. I mean, it, it's shocking. And, and we know it's not the only case of this. Katie, you said you found no. some, others as well. We know a local one. I've got a bunch of them. Yep. Yeah. And yes, it is considered a form of sexual violence, depending on the state. Mm. Like for example, in Indiana, a doctor by the name of Klein did the same thing. Mm. And he uh, basically said that he felt like he was doing his patients a favor. They couldn't get pregnant. They were desperate for babies. Their husbands had low sperm count. This was his solution, you know, oh except for that he was lying to them and telling them otherwise. The right. other thing is that it, so back in the 60s and 70s, there really weren't sperm banks or not right. many. There wasn't much to choose from. I mean, pretty much you you had to, you know, bring your own sauce, you know, that's how. <laughs> it was. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's awful. Anyway, yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> And so if it didn't take, then then what, right? Yeah. And so these doctors were using their own because it was working. And all of these women were getting pregnant. And so they were getting the, uh, you know, the acumen that they, you know, they, they were getting yeah. all of this attention. They go and see him. He helped us. And he helped yeah. us. And he helped us. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, obviously it's a, it's not good. It's a terrible thing to do, you know, yeah. but in Indiana, it is not illegal. Oh, so seriously. seriously. Ah. Yep. It was not illegal. And so when their complaint came against him uh, with the attorney general, because uh, a whole group of women learned from genetic testing that they were half siblings and they had mm-hmm. all been conceived by him, or at least in his office. So well, at first he did not. Boards? I mean, that can't be okay. Ethically. I'll get there. Okay. Yeah, I'll get there. So he, of course he denied it at first, but eventually he said that he had done it about 50 times. 
And so uh, they have doesn't even know. Managed to track down 48 children wow. that he uh, conceived or helped conceive from 1979 to 1986. Uh, yes. So again, it is actually in Indiana and other states, most other states, actually, it's not illegal. That's However, funny. the medical board is not a fan and any doctor who's been busted of this has lost their license. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, it's a huge, you know, violation of your patient in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And yes, women who have been impregnated by their doctor's sperm are showing the same kinds of symptoms uh, or the same kind of uh, blowback as any other rape victim. Right. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, that is yeah. an unbelievable violation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But his imagine how, his your, how your husband, who thinks he's the, the father of your children, feels. Yeah. When he finds out he literally isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And he but, needs to pay child support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where but in his case, it was like, hey, they wanted babies. I gave them babies. What's so wrong with that? Yeah. Well, I think that's why this documentary about 48 is called Baby God, you know, right. because it, it is. Feels the, like a hell that, of a God complex, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. To think yeah. that that would be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this no, happened. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, what are you passing down that you might not know about? You know, mm -hmm. that you now have 48 children besides maybe the ones that, of their own. Not only that, when they're all in the same community, yeah. these could be brothers and sisters that are dating, that are marrying, that are procreating. There's a lot of challenges there. You know, it's really disgusting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. That is wow. Yeah. That is yeah. ugh. Yeah, it's horrifying. Well, and unfortunately in Fortier's case, um there are allegations of sexual abuse against some of his stepchildren. And that's been really um uh, uh unsettling to these people who are now like, oh, yeah. look at who we are biologically related to you know although i i gotta say you know that we all make our own choices and your dna yeah. does not make you do anything and that no. just because you're descended from someone who's done some bad things does not mean that you will be that way it, it isn't no. that is not the case at all no but okay from an energetic place understanding your dna like this the epigenetics the scars on your dna We'll talk yeah. about that on a Thursday night show at some point, but that's huge yeah. oh, it is. as well. Yeah. There's so many things to think about. It's just, it's really terrible. Hi, Leah. Uh, so this happened in Idaho Falls, uh, yes. just where, where Christy lives not too long ago. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, Dr. Gerald Mortimer was accused of uh, impregnating one of his patients from 1980. And, at first, he said, this is what he said. This was his statement in court, mm. that he did not have any memory of using his sperm to inseminate the eggs of patients seeking fertility treatments. No memory at all. Yeah. This guy yeah. was also a temple president uh, in the LDS church. Yeah, it was a huge scandal here. Huge shakeup. Yep. No memory at all, guys. I mean, did I do that? I don't know. I can't I remember. I don't think that table. Uh, right. You know, like, I'm sorry, but this is not something that happens accidentally. Yes. 
But a year later, he remembered. <laughs> wow. He remembered. Yep. So he admitted that he lied under oath. He said, I was ashamed. I regret the fact that I was a sperm donor, that I did those things in the past. I guess I feel bad about that. I guess I wish I hadn't done it. He well, was a gosh, Dr. Mortimer. Mortimer? Yeah, a sperm That's donor. What, oh, my gosh. No. Mm -hmm. The gaslighting no. is deep, man. Yeah. Totally not the same thing. By the way, Baby God is on HBO. If you okay. want to in his deposition, Mortimer admits to masturbating at his office and giving a nurse the semen samples that were to be used. He yeah. confessed to using his sperm at least twice, but less than 10 times. But he's not quite sure. Yeah. Yikes. He also doesn't recall when he began or when he stopped using his own semen. Oh, good Lord. So, unfortunately, there would be a lot of, uh, there could be a lot of children out there that belong to Dr. Mortimer that don't maybe know it yet though through DNA, I'm guessing that people are starting to figure it out. I mean, this, he was barely in court uh, in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. He actually closed his practice in 2005 and he admitted that he did that because he was afraid he was going to be caught. Mm, I'll bet you that all this uh, genealogical DNA stuff has started making people nervous. People yeah. who know they've done terrible things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Hello, so Betty. Betty says hi from South Wales. Again, this was not a criminal case. This was a civil case. Right. Which a civil is case. Crazy. Yeah. I think part of bringing attention to this is that we have to get some law changes. Mm -hmm. We have to get some law changes right away. Yeah. That this is, in fact, sexual assault because it mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And be able to have some recourse in situations like this when these kinds of yeah. stories come up. Yeah. Well, and then you yeah. have like in the, in the 48 case, it, you have this whole situation now with these people that they're biologically related to each other. Yeah. And, and what, what do you do with that? You know, do right. you it, decide it, to get to know them? Do you go screw this? Yeah. I'm not, you know, I think anybody's choice about what they want to do is, right you know i i think yeah. that it's completely up to you but boy that's a big that's a big identity crisis and then do you mm -hmm. because you're biologically related to other people that you didn't know do you get to know them or yeah. not i mean what do you i don't know yeah i don't know I, it's hard to say in that position i think personally it's easy to say this because i'm not in that position but i think i would want to meet them you know mm -hmm. i think i would but, yeah, well, <laughs> this happened overseas as well. This happened. Uh, nearly all of these cases look like they happened in the late 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yes. And yeah. then sperm banks it. became more available and it happened less. However, yeah. some doctors were claiming to be purchasing per sperm from sperm banks but not doing that and using their own and well, yeah, I mean, there's a client. There's a financial motivation here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now this happened in a Dutch court. Uh, this was a doctor named uh, Jan Carbett. He died in 2017 at the age of 89. And the courts have ruled just recently that his family must allow his DNA to be examined 
Uh, it looks at this point that in the Netherlands, he has fathered up to 200 children. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. His clinic was shut down in 09 because of a significant number of abuses with donor seeds and administrative abuses, including exceeding the agreed number of children per donor. Oh, wow. So not only was he misusing his own sperm, if we can call it that, he was misusing donor sperm and parceling it out and using it in multiple women. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you do kind of have to think about, like, mm-hmm. this is this is unnatural. And most men would never father that many children in a lifetime. And, yeah, yeah what does that do to the genetic pool Yeah, in your community? You know, if this is a small mm-hmm. place, I think about Vegas, you know. Yeah. It, it's not a really big place, you know? No. And and at the time, he opened the only women's hospital in the area. Mm-hmm. And, and if you haven't ever been to Las Vegas, you know that there is nothing else mm-hmm. for hundreds of miles mm-hmm. around Vegas uh, other than tiny little communities. And so mm-hmm. if it was the only women's hospital, you know that's where everybody was going because there wasn't yeah. anywhere else to go. Yeah. Absolutely. This interesting foreshadowing. So Fortier didn't ever admit having done anything wrong, but he did acknowledge his paternity of four children in question in his will. Mm -hmm. And he left open the possibility that more biological children would be later, would later be revealed. So he knew. Yeah. He knew it was getting figured out. Yep. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. It is so awful. It's just, it's mind blowing to me, honestly. It is. And I really feel for all of the, the victims in this situation, you know, mm-hmm. the parents who find out they're not biologically the parents of their children, mm-hmm. to, you know, adults who find out that who they thought their, you know, father and father's family were are not biologically. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't change your relationship with who you know to be your parents who raised you, but it definitely impacts how you feel about yourself and question your own identity. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's, it's such a breach of trust for parents and for those children. It's just it, the, the shakeup. I can't imagine the foundational shakeup that causes oh. this. Another case, this out, out of Ottawa. This was a doctor named Norman Barwin, who also, you know, used his semen without the knowledge or consent of people who came in for insemination treatments. Um, He so far has been tracked back to 11 children, but authorities believe there's a lot more out there. Oh, boy. And this started by two girls who found each other on an Ancestry DNA site. And it said that they were half sisters by way of the father. And they were very... uh, confused and both of their parents put their heads together and made the connection and they started the action against him. But yeah, it is something. There was a doctor in our, in my town in Rexburg years ago that had been Dr. Gemlich who had been accused and convicted of sexually abusing old ladies in his office. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary how much of this stuff is out there. Mm-hmm. And and like uh, yeah. Cooper's friend in the chat says, imagine the ego of a doctor who would knowingly sire all these children. Yeah, yeah. 
imagine that yeah. you would think that this, that you were really doing somebody a favor. Yep. Because you're so awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. You, like, you really must think you're something. They would have paid a lot of money to the doctor for this. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. I know. And there are questions about, can they sue? Can the, can these children sue the estates of these people, you know, or do you want to do that? You know, you think, because you think about the families of these doctors, their spouses and children who had Mm -hmm. no clue this was going, I mean, it's just terrible for everybody. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, as they're being caught, most of them are very elderly. I mean, 48 was dead. Yeah. 94 in 2006, you know, so they're not really facing any consequences anyway. No, Uh, they're leaving behind some really painful stuff. Well, also their families, Yeah, you know, their families didn't deserve this. They didn't deserve this heartbreak and all of this upheaval. And they also now are discovering that they have, you know, tens of twenties of thirties of forties of two hundreds, you know, of siblings, half siblings out there that they didn't know about. And there's so much hurt on all sides of this. It's just unfathomable. And it's crazy to me that in the U.S., it's not a crime in most states. How? How is that Um, not a crime? Well, I think we know how. I mean, crimes against women have always been seen as something that was, you know, we're still struggling with with getting legitimate um, you know, legal ramifications for crimes against women. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. I worked in domestic violence and sexual assault for a long time when I first got out of college mm-hmm. and it just doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's yeah. just crimes against women are not seen as being that big of a deal. No. By, you know, governmentally in, yeah. in a lot of places. It's certainly the case here in Idaho. We're a tremendously oh. misogynistic yeah. state. I, it doesn't surprise me at all here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That this is, you know, would not be seen as something that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, Pretty you know, we, we wanted to do a DNA for the win, but not totally a win kind of a case here because it is, it's a win in having at least the knowledge and the information. I think it's important. Yeah. Um, but it also definitely brings up some sad things. Mm hmm. This, you know, we did, um, if you haven't seen our latest episode, we did our, an episode that had lots to do also with DNA mm-hmm. um, about the the two princes from the 1400s that were uh, buried at the Tower of London and about how there are bodies that they think are these princes mm-hmm. and the queen will not allow genetic testing of their bones mm-hmm. and yeah. seems to be... Um, seems to be, you know, some fear around opening that can of worms Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stuff hidden in our DNA. Yeah, for sure. JR wants to know, Christy, what's the psychology behind someone who does this? Oh man. Uh, Just egomaniac. Definitely. God God complex. God complex. Somebody who sees what they're doing is really doing someone a favor. They do not see it as wrong. You know, their only fear is fear of getting caught. It is certainly not fear of doing damage to other people. They Mm -hmm. truly do see. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of this in older generation doctors. And I'm not saying all Mm -hmm. of them, but older generation doctors, male doctors particularly, have this attitude that, you know, they are, you know, 
they're right up there with, with the big guy, you know, so important. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't have any doubt that they don't think they've done anything wrong. They think what they did was right and helped someone, but they, Mm -hmm. you know, completely took choice Mm -hmm. away in a, in a real. The doctor from Indiana actually said, none of you would exist without me. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. There you go. There's the ego right there. It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue to track DNA cases because they are very interesting Mm -hmm. and there's a lot being done in cold cases right now, you know, with DNA and familial DNA, we've seen all kinds of things getting solved and, you know, resolutions happening. And so that's part of on our update show, we're going to continue tracking DNA related stuff just because it's so relevant right now. Yeah. Really important. Oh yeah. And it's just so freaking interesting. It is. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to talk about it. We need to normalize talking about it because it's going to affect everybody in one way or another eventually. Mm -hmm. And so it's, one of those things, you know, so many things like reproduction and who's whose parents and that kind of stuff has been a huge secret in a lot of families over time. You can certainly see mm-hmm. that's the case in the royal family. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to keep hitting this, but come on. This case is 500 years old and they won't let them solve it. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just think, you know, we I, it's important to normalize it. So it isn't something that is really taboo to talk about because, mm-hmm. you know people are going to learn things that they didn't know about themselves or about their families over time. Yeah. We learned that we have 95% more Neanderthal than most other people. We sure did. (laughs) I'm not sure that was a compliment, but maybe it is. Yay us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was the big secret in our family tree. We didn't learn anything else, but yeah. No, we had a, we did. From the time we were little, our grandpa always told us oh, yes, that okay. we were descendants of Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Because Pocahontas did marry a man named John Rolfe, who is our uh, heritage. And please don't hold that against us, because as it turns out, John Rolfe was a real piece of shit. Yeah, that sure uh, basically held Pocahontas captive, uh, you know, and yeah. took her to England and held her there until she died. Mm-hmm. And it that's a horrible thing. Uh, but we were always told that they did have children together and that we were direct or, you know, descendants of Pocahontas. Our ancestry showed 0% Native American blood. Yeah, no, not true at all. <clears throat> John Rolfe, yes. We are yeah. related to that jackass, but no. Yeah, not honest at all. That doesn't surprise me, though. Weirdly, um, I've met many people who've told me that. I think that that was something that was just sort of going around as being cool at some point. I don't Apparently, know. Yeah. Because I've had, you know, other people tell me, Oh yeah, I, I've heard that I'm related. And, and, you know, I, it's, it's so unlikely and yeah, no, we are, we are not at all. Nope. We're, we're actually just Neanderthals from <laughs> <laughs> really what we are. That's what we are. We yeah. can't help it. <laughs> no control over that. That's for sure. <laughs> no. And Neanderthals, are short and have uh, heftier body styles and <laughs> have check, shorter check. arms and legs. Yep. Check, there check, we check, are. Check. Yep. Yep. Rest assured though, we can read and write and, you know, make fire and 
you know, yeah, we we're problems. surviving just fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Bianca says there was a huge Pocahontas complex back in the day. It was regarded as a higher status. Yeah. Yeah. I can sure well, see there that. There you go. Okay. Yep. DB says, I'm glad you guys can look into yours, uh, your ancestry. Mine seems to die out and is difficult to find. You, you got to understand, DB, that we are, um, we're, we're ex-Mormons and Mormons are way into genealogy and have Ooh. done you know, tons and tons of research. Like our sister uh, printed for us recently, a couple of years ago, these uh, genealogical things that go back nine generations and we each have them on our walls in yeah. our house. Well, yeah. On our, our mom's dad's last name was Byington. And on the Byington side, they have tracked that genealogy all the way back to the 1300s. That's right. Yeah. Where we were noble people in England, the oh, De Boyntons. The De Boyntons, right? Yes, we're De Boyntons. The ruins of our castle are still there. Right. Yep. Yes, our <laughs> castle. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Our aunt Irish been there. Yep. Yes, that's pretty much us, Maureen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're genetically designed for success. Apparently, we are. Hey, we're low to the ground. We're tough. <laughs> this is yep. important. Yep. Very important. Well. Yep. Oh, and Maureen says, how does it say Neanderthal? Irish, German, Neanderthal. No, it's in 23andMe uh, is the one that we used. And it has a, a spot that says, uh, you know, one of the interesting things about you is you are 95% more Neanderthal than our other users. So there you go. So fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we know. <laughs> yep. Well, we, we will keep following this DNA thread because it's some interesting stuff. Uh, it has a huge impact on cold cases for sure. And something that, you know, we just want to keep sharing with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So we will back, be back tomorrow night yeah. at 8 p.m. Mountain for the Thursday Psychic Show. So mm -hmm. don't miss that. We'll be back here in the live chat. Uh, we'll be teaching and, and offering some readings and those kinds of things. Really a lot of fun as we kind of uh, veer mm -hmm. off from the true crime um topic for one night a week because it's something that Katie and I have been teaching and working on for many years and we mm -hmm. really enjoy it. So if that's your thing, show up. If it's not, that's yep. cool too. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, and don't forget you can send us case suggestions at our website. Our website is truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. We have been getting tons of them since the website went up last week and we really appreciate all of your suggestions and now we can log them all in the same place and keep track so that we can be sure to cover them. So if you know of a cold case, current or historical, because we're really enjoying doing some historical cases, uh, feel free to go over to our website and go to the form at the bottom of the page and fill it out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, JR says, so it makes sense Mormons like DNA. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Because we're all about the genealogy. Mm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Have a great night. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments 
and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.